Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today, we're bringing you the story behind the crisis in Sri Lanka. On Wednesday morning, President Gotabaya Rajpaksa fled the country. The Prime Minister, Ranil Wickremesinghe, has taken over as the acting head of government, and a state of emergency has been announced throughout the country. It is believed that Gotabaya Rajpaksa fled the country in order to avoid prosecution, since he held executive privilege as long as he remained in the post. But his ousting is unlikely to stop the protest's momentum. Protesters consider this a victory, but only part of the larger, deep-rooted change they're looking for. Vice News' Pallavi Pundir takes us back to the events in Sri Lanka this past spring. For the past couple of months, Sri Lanka has been immersed in a wave of protests. The reasons might sound common to anyone who's been to a protest. People are tired of struggling economically and of corrupt politicians. But the site of this particular protest in Colombo, the country's capital, it's different from others in the past. Hundreds of tents are lined up in front of one of the most touristy, high-end areas in the city. Anu Madhubashini is one of the protesters. She's been coming to the area every day after work. So many people who represented political parties and communities and various other social communities are here as one. Anu says that the fact that this is happening in such a public space rather than at the sidelines is a testament to a unity against the government that she's never seen before. It's a people's movement. Uh, this time, forgetting colours and creed and caste and all that, to protest as one people. And that actually, in my lifetime, I'm seeing for the first time. The protest started sporadically last year by those who were hit the hardest by the economic crunch, such as rural farmers and teachers. But they quickly became widespread among Sri Lankans, especially the youth. The high prices of basic necessities, the kilometres long queues and gas stations, all of this put together put Sri Lankans past their limit. Like, why is our country so poor? More than 50% of the country are alive and working. And we pay our taxes, so where are the taxes going? You know, those questions uh, arose in our minds. And so we decided, you know, we need to question the government. And questioning the government looks like protesters taking to the streets to demand the exit of the family that's been in power for the past 20 years, the Rajpaksas. Gotabe Rajpaksa was once a highly respected figure in the country. But that's changed in the past couple of months as people began to look into what the family had to do to stay in power for so long. For almost two decades, the Rajapaksa family has ruled Sri Lanka, amassing power and wealth. There has been a shortage of food, fuel and schools have had to cancel exams for a lack of paper. Turning now to Sri Lanka, where an explosion of public anger has forced the president and the prime minister to resign. Tens of thousands of protesters occupied the homes of the two leaders in the capital city of Colombo. This is a mother of all crises. 
in the post-independent Sri Lanka, I don't think we have ever had such a large crisis. I'm Adiza Egan, filling in for Ariel Duem-Ross. And I'm Pallavi Pundir, senior reporter for Vice News. This is Vice News Reports. So, Pallavi, you've been covering the economic crisis and protests in Sri Lanka. In fact, you were there this past spring. And I understand that they started because people were fed up. But how did this happen? So Sri Lanka's foreign exchange reserve has been declining for the last few years. The economic crisis in Sri Lanka worsens day by day. Protests like this are becoming a daily occurrence in Colombo. The economy is buckling under rising prices and unemployment. Things really escalated early this year when people started running out of things to buy. You know, like there was no food, there was no fuel. Suddenly, even the well-to-do Sri Lankans were starting to feel the pinch of the economic crisis. And that's why towards the end of last year, we saw like small protests by rural farmers or by teachers. But since the beginning of this year, uh, we saw an escalation of protests, especially in urban centers uh, in Sri Lanka's capital, where uh, the young people especially, you know, like they took over the protests. And so my understanding is that things boiled up from general anger about the economic situation into anger targeted at the president and his family. How did that happen? So the Rajapaksas have a history of corruption. In 2021, the Pandora Papers investigation, which is the series of documents that exposes illicit wealth of the world's richest people, The investigation found some members of the Rajpaksas hoarding millions in offshore investments and accounts. Former Deputy Minister Nirupama Rajpaksa and her husband Tirukumar Nadeshan have been named in the leak. According to the report, they had set up eight companies in the US, Samoa, British Virgin Islands and New Zealand. For the last two decades, the family members, especially Mahinda and Gotabaya, they've had charges against themselves such as siphoning off almost like $200,000 in state funds to build family memorial or, you know, like allegations of illegal transfer of state-owned weapons, even like misusing tsunami funds for their own personal gain. And this is supposedly just the tip of the iceberg. People are reacting to the mounting pile of evidence against the Raj Paksas and their finances. In terms of the protests, how is the government responding to these calls for transparency? At first, the people were protesting peacefully for several months. But the government has been cracking down on them pretty violently with water cannons and gas and in some cases, you know, like physical assault. The protest right now, it represents unity. It represents peaceful uh, solutions. And this was ruined by, of course, attackers on the 9th. And the state has been changing the narratives uh, for so long. And then in response, this past spring, some protesters burned down symbols of Rajpaksa's power. You know, like from the privately owned mansions to a museum they built. Mm. So what happens next? Almost immediately, uh, the Prime Minister and Gotabaya Rajpaksa's brother, Mahinda Rajpaksa, he resigned and along with him the rest of the cabinet. Where are they now? 
currently many rajpaksa family members they're hiding out in military base uh, but gotabaya still won't resign in fact on june 6th uh, gotabaya gave his first international press interview and he said that he doesn't plan on quitting they continue to play as they continue to uh, pass the ball to each other but this past weekend, before he fled the country, Gotabaya Rajpaksa had said that he would resign on July 13th. But Pallavi, let's back up for a moment. Who are the Rajpaksas? How did they get to become so powerful in Sri Lanka in the first place? So Rajpaksas have a very interesting trajectory. You know, like unlike the previous rulers, the Rajpaksas came from a pretty modest background. You know, like their father was like this coconut farmer, even though, you know, like they have like political links, they were sort of always represented as rooted to the agricultural uh, background of the country. And a lot of people related with that. Sri Lanka's new president received a raucous welcome as he arrived at Ruan Valley Sayer, a sacred and ancient Buddhist site. The majority Sinhala Buddhist community voted for Gotabe Rajapaksa in large numbers. Gotabe Rajapaksa... He's a figure deeply entrenched in the history of Sri Lanka. You know, like he was the wartime defense chief who played an instrumental role in bringing an end to the war through a brutal crackdown on the country's three million ethnic Tamil people. Militant members of the Tamil minority, the so-called Tamil Tigers, fought a guerrilla war for independence against a government run by the Sinhalese majority. The civil war started in the 1980s when this Tamil nationalist group called the LTTE or the Tamil Tigers, uh, they wanted a separate state. Tamils are Sri Lanka's largest ethnic minority group and they have faced discrimination and racism in Sri Lanka. The Sri Lankan government won't have any of it. Gotabaya back then led the Sri Lankan military in suppressing the movement and it was done cruelly, violently and across the country. There were allegations of human rights abuses, such as torture, disappearances, and killings of Tamil people at large, under the suspicion that they were involved with the Tamil nationalists. Despite that, Gotabaya became hugely popular. People loved him. There was this widespread Sinhalese nationalism, and this nationalism fed from the racism against the Tamil people. And over the decades, it's remained this way. It makes me wonder who makes up the protests that are happening now. Earlier, we heard from Anu, a protester, saying that this time it was different, with everybody protesting as one. And that's true. But a major reason for the Rajpaksa's popularity has been the country's Sinhalese majority. But this Sinhalese majority has now joined the current protests. So I believe that you do see like a fair bit of solidarity and unity although a large part of Tamil minority have stayed out of it, especially the people who are up in the north where the Tamil minority lives. Mm. And why is that? They've been facing state violence for too long. They've been facing this military oppression. They've been facing, you know, crackdowns on the expression of speech, their right to protest. And you come down to the south where most of the protests are happening right now. And people have suddenly realized that the crackdown that they are facing right now has, in fact, existed for all these years. But it's just that, you know, like, they're realizing it right now because it's happening to them. They're the ones getting, you know, like, water cannons thrown at them by the military and the police. So it's a little bit of an 
we told you so situation. Yeah, it's exactly like that. You know, like people are fed up with the unchecked amount of power that these families have. It's a colonial leftover that's shaped the country's political system and their lives. And more than removing the Rajpaksas, it's about taking down this remaining system. That's after the break. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So, Pallavi, protesters are really interested in taking down this system that's been in power for the past two decades. How are they planning on doing that? People are looking for change, of course, but the first step is accountability. Gotabaya faces a string of lawsuits in the U.S. Before he became president, he had dual citizenship in Sri Lanka and the U.S., And to become the president, he surrendered his U.S. citizenship as his new position afforded him immunity against lawsuits. In the WikiLeaks scandal back in 2010, it was uncovered that the U.S. government knew of the corruption and the alleged human rights violations that the Rajpaksa family had committed. But they looked the other way as they often do. So on the local level, people are pushing to have the president resign and for the family to leave politics. But on the international level, they need support too. From what I understand, people in the past who called out these patterns were considered traitors. Yes, these accusations were given to journalists and human rights activists. And whenever they would do any investigations, they would immediately be labeled traitors. And they weren't just hated by the government, you know, like people didn't like them as well. And this perception had a very tangible effect. Uh, many times it ended up in real-life violence. A chilling example is Lasanta Vikramatunge, the editor and founder of a leading national daily at the time. He used to investigate a lot of corruption in the government, including the Rajpaksas. And there were multiple attempts on his life over the years until ultimately he was murdered. Right now, the case is in the international courts. But just like Lasanta, a lot of journalists were harassed and a lot of them have gone into exile. And if there were Tamil journalists, the attacks were worse. Do you think that the Rajapaksas being able to hold on to their reputation despite mounting evidence of corruption was a legacy from the Civil War? 
and now simply enough time has passed? In other words, why now? So the civil war did make them really powerful and influential. So part of it is certainly the myth-making around Gotabaya and the Rajpaksa family. But as with other protest movements, part of the strength of this movement is that a lot of people are realizing that things can't continue like this anymore. And this realization is coming from all generations and from all walks of life. Yeah, I get the sense that this is really a people's movement and the anger on the ground is what's really giving life to this. So what are people doing? So on Saturday, which was July 9th, uh, huge crowds of protesters breached uh, the presidential residence, which is one of the most protected buildings in the country. Hundreds of people broke into the presidential palace after more than 100,000 protesters took to the streets demanding that the president resign. Whole families toured the opulence. Some tried out his private gym. Others took a dip in the presidential pool. People were just going from room to room. They were taking photos and selfies. They played on the president's bed, swam in his pool, ate his food from the kitchen. And at the same time, there was a sense of awe at the opulence of this building. Uh, and people realized how the country's ruling elites live which was a stark contrast to what was happening outside with the severe food, fuel and medicine shortages. The protesters have now declared that they're not going to leave the official residence until President Gotabaya Rajpaksa quits. Pallavi, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This episode was produced by Adriana Tapia. Vice News Reports is produced by Sophie Casis, Jen Kinney, and Adriana Tapia. Our senior producer is Sam Greenspan. Our supervising producers are Ashley Cleek and Stephanie Karyuki. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Mixing by Evan Sutton. Our executive producer is me, Adiza Egan. And the VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is our senior production manager for Vice Audio. Fact-checking by Katherine Barner. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. Our host is Ariel Duemras. I know podcasts say this all the time, but please rate and review the podcast. It really helps people find the show. 
Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back next week.